and welcome, welcome, welcome to Happy Hour Power. Happy Hour Power. We're coming at you hot and heavy with nerd culture and drinks of all varieties. <clears throat> Today's drink to start it off is going to be a Manhattan, a classic cocktail that I'm 27, you're 26, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Never had it once. Same. It's a classic cocktail. <clears throat> And uh, our our goal here is to try cocktails that we never tried, and, and obviously the classic ones come first. Oh yeah! Last week was the Negroni, which was amazing. And you got to pair a quintessential cocktail with a quintessential animated series, and that's exactly what Avatar: The Last Airbender is. Oh Which is yeah. what we're talking about today. Exactly. A classic. Ah, oh, I'm so excited! Yeah. All right. Well, the ingredients for the Manhattan are really simple. Um, and again, you know, I know there's different variations of the drink, but that, that's the whole point is it's what you personally enjoy. Now, mm-hmm. I've never had this before, so I don't know how it's going to taste. Yeah. This is our first well, time Scout, drinking you it. are the resident expert on the drinks. That's true. So that's true. That's what the legends me... say. <laughs> of Cora. <laughs> of Scout. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's, it's, it's rye whiskey. I would say two shots, two 60 millimeters, two ounces. Uh, uh, sweet vermouth, a shot and a half, maybe like, well, what was, forty five or something? I guess. So like you that. do two shots of the rye whiskey. Two shots of the rye whiskey, a shot and a half of sweet vermouth, and then uh, three dashes of bitters. Okay. Mix it all up, uh, and put it in martini glass, orange peel, or Mario Channer, maraschino cherries for your garnish. And we went with the blah, orange blah. peel. Yeah, we didn't have no cherries, but. We're going to go ahead and try it now for the first time. You ready? Do you think this would be a good drink on a day like today, like a cold, wintry, snowy day? Yes, it is currently snowing outside. Um, I don't know if this pairs well with that weather, but you know what? We're going to make it happen. (laughs) I don't, yeah. Okay, let me smell it first. What are we going to cheers to? Let me smell it. Okay, it smells good. Yeah. It smells good. Stout, for sure. (laughs) Stout with the Negroni. All right, ready? All right, let's cheers it, buddy. Okay. Oh, not what I thought. The whiskey comes through for sure, though. The yeah. whiskey comes through, but not as... Sh- I was honestly scared that the whiskey was going to be overbearing. <laughs> but it, it's uh, there, but not completely. It's, it's slightly hidden. Let me get a second sip. That's with more idea. bitterness. That's a good idea. God, I can't believe she left me. <laughs> mm. Okay. You know, actually... You can kind of taste, because it's just three ingredients, plus the orange peel, Mm -hmm. you can actually kind of taste each ingredient. Even though I'm not like super versed in the whole alcoholic drinks and stuff, I feel like I can taste the bitters, I can taste the sweetness of the vermouth, and you definitely got the whiskey, of course. Yeah. I prefer lighter liquors. Yeah. Like the clear spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's a good one. I mean, because normally, like, I try, I try to drink old fashioned the other last night or yesterday actually, and yeah, it's just, it's a little tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to drink. It's <laughs> stiff, man. But yeah. uh, that one's a lot more. Uh, I can do that. I can deal with that. See, That's whiskey's always been my go-to until that Negroni. I, I got uh, me into possibly gin, but this is a good whiskey drink. Why don't you? Why don't we start off warming up and just tell me like a really funny drunk story? Just a quick little drunk story. Okay. Okay. Tell the world a drunk story. I got one too. All you right. go ahead. Well, <laughs> hopefully this will make everyone else feel better if they've ever done something embarrassing when they were drunk. Uh, because when I was drunk, I had actually gone to Peru to study abroad one time. Oh, this boy. was like 2016. <laughs> this was a long time ago. But uh, 
<clears throat> so I got drunk, and people down there, they party at weird hours. They don't get started partying until like 2 a.m., and then they come home at like 6 a.m. It's Thank so God. weird. But anyway, it's like 4 a.m., because I couldn't hang after that. <laughs> I'm walking home, and uh, my stomach had started adjusting to the street food there, right as the alcohol had set in on my oh, God. tumbling brain. <laughs> and uh, I had to take a massive poop. It was not good. I knew it was not going to be good. I could feel the rumbling in my tummy. You knew it was. And it wasn't down. just those rum and cokes I had. It was. It food. was the food. So yeah, I I tried to rush and find a toilet. I like found this supermarket after I ran across this like lanes of traffic because I I knew it was coming. I was like clenching <laughs> so tight like a clamshell trying to hold it all in. And then um, I, the supermarket, for some reason, had three stories, so I had to climb two flights of stairs to get to the bathroom. <laughs> it was just an insult to injury. And then I open up the stall, and there was no toilet seat there. It's just a nasty, disgusting Peruvian supermarket toilet, and I had to just open Old Faithful Geyser up above it <laughs> while drunk. <laughs> oh. that, was a, that was a rough time to be drunk. <laughs> Jeez, man. That sucks. <laughs> My story is not that bad, but that's... Wow. I hate that. <laughs> I did too at the time. Well, uh, one time... It, it was actually where I work currently. They Before COVID, you know, there was the breweries that, that we... Every Christmas, they would take you to the brewery like for, you know, just a getaway or, or I guess like a, you know, to celebrate the end of the year with everybody so the documentation team the sales team everybody would go to this brewery that was right next to the oh cool the like building a, like a company brewery party. exactly okay. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and um i'm a little hungover today guys so it's a little hard to speak <laughs> <laughs> no but um dude i had like two shots of something and i drank an old-fashioned and then this guy was like hitting on me really hard i had Amber, my now wife, with me, and he was still like hitting on me. I was like, yeah. "All right, whatever." And he, and he, and he, he bought me a drink. Well, he bought me a drink. I was like, "All right, that's fine." So he bought me a vodka crayon. So I drank that, and I was mm. feeling real good. And then Amber, unfortunately, had to leave because uh, oh, she was no. having some stomach issues and stuff. So I just imagine that guy coming out of the shadows in the corner. <laughs> oh, did your girlfriend leave? Did she leave? You want another vodka? Why crayon? would anyone leave you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, I drank that. I was feeling really crazy. I, I didn't see the other guy again, but you know there was dancing and music, and I'm out, I was just feeling it. I was dancing around. I'm just like not good at dancing at all, but I'm dancing as best I can, doing the cupid shuffle, doing whatever I can, dancing with other people that I have like work with, oh. and and I, I was getting crazy. Yeah. And then the next day, yeah. you know, they're like, "Look, you got to come in. You got to, you know, even if you're hungover, unfortunately, we have to finish this day strong." I was like, "Man." I go in and everyone's like laughing at me and like pointing at me and like talking about me. I'm just like, what's uh -oh. going uh -oh. on? Oh, and then I, I like, like it makes me feel really weird. I'm like, I'm really popular today. But then I looked at like a bunch of people on their phone, like because you pass by their desk, you can see them like on their phone. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it was Facebook and it was like a video of just me on Facebook, like, dancing like an idiot. And that's what everyone was oh, laughing no. at the whole time. <laughs> oh, and everyone was like, bro, you got crazy. And I was just like, oh, God. That's the kind of stuff to make you never dance again. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, I, I hate my life now. <laughs> Shit, I gotta make a new Footloose movie to get my groove back. <laughs> this has destroyed yeah. my dancing skills. Oh, it was so funny. Man. All right, well, today, like you said, we're talking about <laughs> Avatar. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah, last yeah. Airbender. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. I that's forgot. right. I forgot. We're doing a podcast, too. I, I totally forgot. Oh, man. Okay. Well, let me give you a little uh, breakdown a little of what overview. it is for people who don't fully know the amazing journey that they may or may not go on after listening to this. It's basically um, an animated series. came out on Nickelodeon back in, like, 2005, I believe. Ran for three seasons. And it's in this kind of... It's like an Asiatic-inspired world. It's very, like, what? how would you call it, like, Far Eastern type of uh, culture? Uh, yeah, definitely. And then you got waterbenders, you got firebenders, you got earthbenders, and you got airbenders. Yeah. And there's sort of uh, a lot of different socio-political dynamics going on that it explores. And then they got, like, a tight-knit group of heroes who come to save the day, you know. It's one of those. It's, it's fun, though. But they have a lot of martial art influences and stuff, which we're going to talk about today. Yes. So it's a very fun series. It's, it's very different from your, like, traditional Nickelodeon, you know, Angry Beavers or... What do they play these days? I don't know. Phineas and Nickelodeon? And I don't know anything on Nickelodeon <laughs> now. I feel like that was kind of like Nickelodeon's peak, because, man, yet they had SpongeBob, then they had Avatar, then they had, like, all kinds of... Rugrats, something like that True. was the, the prime. You know what though? I feel like Rugrats, Angry Beavers, like what didn't they have Ren Stimpy on Nickelodeon at some point? I don't even All know. Oh, that was like in the late nineties. So this was like a revival for Nickelodeon. It really was. Like, they yeah, you're needed right. Avatar the Last Airbender. When's the first time you watched it? Like your first introduction? Because I feel like you were significantly younger than when I first started watching it. That's fair. I was probably right about the perfect age group. I was like in middle school, you know. Mm. And um, I remember in my bedroom we had this old wood grain box TV with like the turn dials. God. But it picked up the stations, and so I would watch Nickelodeon at night and. I, I never watched it all in order at first, but I'd see random episodes, and I was like, dude, that Zuko guy, he looks moody. Why is he so <laughs> mad all the time? And then I was like, oh, look at the bald guy. Dude, he's doing some crazy dude, things. Dude, he's right shooting now. air. Yeah, so I loved the idea of the different bending, but uh, it wasn't until I was, what, a few years ago. I was like in my 20s when I actually sat down and watched it beginning to end. Mm. Yeah, I mean, same here. I remember going over to your house and you showed me like one episode of it, and I was kind of like, I this is, I hate this. I don't know why. Because the first episode starts off so like yeah. kitschy and kind of. Yeah, it seems like a, it. You know, this is our second episode doing cartoons, but these shows are cartoons and they're like on child, you know, platforms. But these yeah. shows are like there's a lot of depth to them. It's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. My first time watching it, really, like, all the way through, like you said, I met my wife now, Amber. She mm -hmm. would come over when we were dating to my apartment. Because when you she... watched it with me, you weren't into it, right? You were like, oh, no, no, I was kitty too young. Stuff. I don't know. I was into other stuff, I guess. But yeah. this time, I, we watched through it, and, and there's only three seasons. So if you do feel like watching it or giving it a try, it's not a huge, deep investment. You won't waste, like, you, you know, months mm. of your life. Like, if you're trying to watch Naruto, it's got, like, 80 seasons or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> one piece or something. Yeah. It's forever. <laughs> it never ends, ever, no. Yeah. There's only three seasons, and, and there's a lot crammed in it, obviously. But, I, yeah, when I first watched it, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, man, this Zuku guy, I kind of hate him. And then by the end of it, like, he's my favorite character. I love that guy. <laughs> That so, yeah. is what's so cool about some of the characters. They, now I got they like a really... freaking Air Nomad tattoo on my body from that show. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. I want to get an earthbending tattoo. I think oh, that would yeah. be fun. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Moral of the story today. Get a bending tattoo, okay? Yeah, yeah. Determine it by <laughs> what your sign is. You know, if it's an earth sign, air sign, fire sign. Follow the avatar way. 
Get the yeah. arrow on your forehead. <laughs> Tattoo a big blue arrow on your forehead. Employers love it. They'll and, know and your, your eyelashes. Avatar. When you close your eyes, you're going to the Avatar state. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's how I got hired. I told him I was the Avatar. Hired for they, what? <laughs> circus to performance. Be homeless, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Avatar: The Last Airbender. You're right. It has an amazing amount of depth in it, and um, I'll say this. For people who maybe they've already seen Avatar The Last Airbender, there is some deeper content to dig into, which I found out while kind of researching this. Oh, yeah. Like, you got Legend of Korra, you got the comics. Yes, yes. The comics are super well written from, like, what I understand. I haven't sat down and read through all of them. I haven't either, but I know that they're really good. Yeah. And they really, like, capitalize on each character, and they stay true to the character in the show. And That's what I heard. That's good. That's what it seemed like. I like that. Yeah. I appreciate that they don't like, you know, go off the rails and kind of start doing their own thing, but they stay I true. I know in the comics they they talk about Zuko's mom at one point, which is really cool. Yeah. So that's yeah. They, they answer a lot of like unanswered things in the show. Exactly. Like they tie a lot of things back in. And that's so cool. I love that. Yep. <clears throat> well, Scout, you want me to give you some uh, little fun facts about Avatar? I I would love that. I would love that so much. Tell me right, right now. Let me tell you, buddy. <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender first off it's currently on Netflix right now as of 2022 yes even though it came out in 2005 it reboot. you remember it kind of like revamped yeah it, it got a revival really popular game. I was just actually going to say one of the things I realized is uh, it came out on Netflix in like July of 2020 and it spent 60 days in the top 10 list you know of their streaming and it wasn't even on the front page when it first came to it. it they kind of subtly dropped it in the background. Everybody was like, what is this golden gem right here? Oh. And it got its, forgot about it's, got its due. I don't know like what happened that brought it back to the surface because it, it's so crazy. You know, me and Amber were watching through it and all of a sudden the world just was like, bro, bring Avatar back. And now they're like talking about making a live action of it. Yep. And, you know, and God, everyone's God trying knows. to burn every copy of the Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah, what was it? M. Night Shyamalan or whatever? Oh, M. Night Shyamalan, yeah, you're right, yeah. That's God Almighty, it sucked. Look, a lot of people the twist don't want to crap on it, but man, that movie blew. <laughs> so bad. Uh, yes, dude, it That's just got nice. so popular all of a sudden. And, and, and all the, yeah, it's crazy. But you know what? It's one of those series where it totally deserved it. Absolutely, man. I mean, the fact that, here's what I love about the show. Um... You know, you've got a lot of shows that take a long time to tell a story. You know, you've got like The Office, Game of like Thrones, Game of Thrones. Oh my or, god! Or, or even like you know some of the shows I like, like Breaking Bad or whatever. You know, mm. they, Walking Dead. Like, there's so many seasons to tell a story, and that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, if you're willing to put in the work and the investment. But with Avatar, it's like they tell an insane, in-depth, beautiful story. Mm-hmm. And it's only three seasons, but when you're watching it, it's it feels like it's just enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not too much, yep. and not too short, like a lot of anime shows with like one season, but like right. it feels like it's just enough. And there's a slow burn in like the relationships and all that good stuff, so mm-hmm. yeah. I just It's so satisfying. Yeah. I think that's what I enjoy about it the most. It's got a cool kind of origin story, too. Like, uh, the guys who made it, are they're mostly credited. Obviously, it was a whole team of writers and everything. But right. the, the two main forerunners are Dante DeMartino and Brian Konetsko. Oh, Dante, isn't that, he's Zuko, right? I don't know if he does Zuko or not. I'd have to oh, look. Let's know. see. 
But no, anyway, maybe not. Yeah, either way, know. it was birthed from uh, Konetsko. He had a sketch that he had of just like some, he had an old man who was bald and he was like, let me make it like a little kid, like a little air nomad kid. And he's just flying on a bison or something. And then he showed it to uh, Martino and he was like, hey, you know, what if we did like a series on this where like this guy's flying around and maybe some firebending people are chasing him. And then all of a sudden. How did you just come up with that one day? I know. I had this crazy dream. He's had this wacky sketch idea. Let's make uh, millions and millions of dollars off of that. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I would love that. But really, at the time, okay, so it was like 2005, 2003 when they first kind of came up with the idea. And Nickelodeon was desperate. They were desperate for like their Lord of the Rings, their Harry Potter, their high fantasy epic show, you know, because those were hot at the time, like super big. And so I think Avatar The Last Airbender really was the only show that came close to filling those shoes. At least for Nick. I feel like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Man. Such a good show. It's def- it's my wife's comfort show, you know. Whenever she's feeling anxiety, or even when I feel anxiety, I put that show on. I don't know why. It's just, it's so, mm-hmm. I guess because I've seen it so many times now. It's so good. It's relaxing. It's got everything you want. Romance. Lots of humor, actually. And that's the thing. Like, with kid shows, you don't really expect there to be humor that would make you laugh. But I genuinely laugh still after seeing the show many times. It's funny. It is funny. It is funny. They have good inside running jokes, too, in the show. Like, the the whole cabbage guy, man. Yes. Oh, so hilarious. We were watching it last night, and, like, obviously there's the traditional cabbage guy scene where they run through his cart, and he's like, my cabbages! You know? Yeah. But then there's, like, another (laughs) scene later on where... He's trying to get through customs to get into Bossing Sarah right, or something. Yeah. And they're like, no, your cabbages won't be allowed. And then, like, a giant duck beaver monster crashes through it. And he's like, my cabbage <laughs> Again. Oh, man, it's so funny. They just take, they have clever twists on things, you know? Yes. Dude, it's hilarious, man. Lots All of right. good stuff. I'm going to take another sip of my Manhattan. All right, here. you go ahead. I think then... I've almost finished mine here. It's Tell a me... stiff. It's a little stiff, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's good, but it's a little... What What do you think um, are some of the highlight episodes for you, you know? Some of your faves. Well, we said yesterday, it was so funny because you said your favorite, and it was all you, me, and Amber's favorite episode. We all said it's the same the, episode. Yeah, the, the Tunnel of Lovers or whatever. The yeah, Cave lovers, of cave, yeah. cave of Two Lovers, I think. Yes, yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Season secret two. tunnel, secret. Oh, now Dude. I remember the other part. And die. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yes, that is a good. One. I don't know why. I just love that one so much. Uh, and then we, the the one where uh, Sokka is tripping on cactus is so funny. Mm, Dude. The desert. There has got to be like a like a cactus juice drink that someone made. We should try that one episode. We should have done that this episode. That would be clever. Maybe tie it into the theme. Yeah. Yeah. And for Breaking Bad, we'll just do meth. Yeah. That'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like two drops of acid in the the drink, and then um, midway through the interview, we're like, cactus juice, it's the quenchiest. It'll quench you. (laughs) What is it? He starts doing the worm on the ground. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think man. that one's really good. That's a good one. I love on a more serious episode. I love Zuko alone because oh, yeah. it like really. That's actually when I really started liking Zuko. Dude, in the beginning of the show, he's actually like not a good person. He's a bad no, person. Not at all. He he's stole terrible. the family's like uh, only what animal they had. Yeah, like, they're some like ostrich horse, horse or whatever it is. Yeah. There's so many things to talk about the show, but uh, 
I'll tell you a couple of my fave episodes too. Oh I wait, love wait, wait, one more, one more. My okay. absolute favorite episode, like of all time. Okay, Cave of Lovers is really good. But my favorite one is when at the end when Zuko tries to join the team. He's like, "Oh Hello, yeah, Zuko here." <laughs> How do I approach them? Hey guys, Zuko spoilers, here. Spoilers, by the way, guys. There's gonna be a lot of spoilers this episode. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen the ending of it, you, you need to stop this podcast right now. Go watch that, and then come back and listen to this. Because it has some really good twists. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I just love that one part, though, where he's like, how do I <laughs> how do I approach this team that I've been chasing for three whole seasons? Like, maybe like a year or so of his life. Yeah. Hello, Zuko here. But I guess you already knew that. Anyway, I think I can teach you fire. But he's like, <laughs> dude, come on. Your plan of approach was terrible. That's Zuko, <laughs> though. You know what I mean? He doesn't have tact. They no. stay true to their characters. Uncle Iroh, he's the one who always travels oh. with them, the wise sage. He's the one who kept Zuko kind of in check. He was his moral compass, you know? Yeah, I agree. But let me tell you this. I think um, one of the more underrated episodes is when uh, Princess Azula goes to a party. Did oh, you watch yeah, that one? the beach party. Because yeah. she's like this crazy, prolific firebender, like a deadly, bewitching woman. And then all of a sudden, she's so awkward and doesn't know how to talk to boys. And she's like, she's like we will drink the skulls of our enemies together, right? Let me practice laughing. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I just, it made her seem more human. I, love, this... I think there's like a line there where she goes, um... Be careful. You you look really sharp. You might actually uh, cut someone's eye out because you look so sharp. And everyone's just like, what? What? what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. No no no. Okay. One of the funniest moments in that episode that you talk about that me and me and Amber laugh at every single time. It makes me laugh so hard. Is when um, you know he's trying. <laughs> Like May and, and Zuko, you know, are there. Yeah. And the guy is like kind of flirting with May, sort of flirting with Zuko really and May kind of had a thing. Going yeah, they're like it. together, yeah. sort of. And uh, he was just like, <laughs> I can't remember exactly how it happened, but he was like, I want to go eat food or whatever. He's like always grumpy, you know. And then some guy actually knocks over the plate. He's like, Hey, that food was for, for my grumpy girlfriend. What are you doing? <laughs> no, uh, it's so funny. That's, I was like, Oh my god, it's just me. it's so what? grounded, man. That food was for my grumpy girlfriend. <laughs> I'm gonna start using that line. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah, those are there's so many good episodes. What do you feel like was a really moving moment for you in that show? Oh, dude, there's quite a few. The first moment in the show that actually got me to like shed a tear, like tug on the heartstrings, was when spoilers again, guys. Yeah, yeah. But Sokka is dating that girl, Princess Yue. Mm. And then the Fire Kingdom comes to attack the Water Tribe, and they're like, okay, we're going to kill the moon. Because I guess the moon was the first waterbender. The moon spirit. The moon spirit. And so she had to sacrifice herself to replace the moon spirit. And I was like, dude, that's such a brutal way to lose a girl you love. She had to turn into a koi fish or something. (laughs) My girlfriend turned into the moon. That's That's rough, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) It was so sad, though. It was Because I love Sokka. He's my favorite character. Yeah, he's... He's so funny. He carries a show. Like you said, you were saying this yesterday, he's... He he carries... He holds his own with all these crazy benders and, like, prolific people, and he's just got his boomerang and later his sword, (laughs) and he's like, all right. Boomerang? Let's do it. Let's kick some tail. Yeah. I I feel like the, the... 
the part that always gets me, just because it's close to my heart, um, is is Zuko when he like throughout the whole show has completely just screwed up everything, uh, and and he's trying to learn lightning bending. And he goes out on his own, leaves Iroh. Iroh just has, has to let him go, you know, because yeah. he's, you know, the, the father figure, but not his father. He's really. a stubborn boy. And then he goes out, and he's like, starts weeping. And he's just like, "Come on, I," you know, the lightning. It's like storming around him. He's on a mountain. He's just like, "Come on, give it to me, because now I can give it back." And then he starts crying. He's like, "What's wrong? You've never held back before." And I just, I don't know, like, it gives uh, me chills because you could tell, like, oh, there was so much pain from what he was saying. And then he just, like, still in that moment could not get anything right. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, dude, that, that failure, part's man. so moving. And the part at the end, spoiler alert, where he, like, leaves Uncle Iroh and betrays him. And after all that, that was screwed up. he comes back that to him and he apologizes. And then Uncle yeah. Iroh just gives him a hug and acts like nothing happened, you know? Yeah. Ugh. Those are some movies. We all need an Uncle Iroh in our life, I swear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need, we do. To have we need some one guy tea. who loves tea and yeah. is, loves to give wisdom yep. every That's every it. few minutes. Just lives life to the fullest. Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So another thing I was going to talk about, just kind of getting into the lore of it a little bit, for those who have already seen it, but maybe they don't know all the details, I wanted to talk about um, the first benders of each type. Because yeah. these people learned all their bending from the world around them. And that's a big part of the show, is it tackles the idea of, like, being... <laughs> Sorry. It is it's... literally snowing so hard outside. I don't mean to pull away from what we're doing, but Patrick is here in town with me right now at my house. And he's yeah. like, all right, I think we want to drive home today. And we look outside, it's just and it's, right like, now. pouring down snow. It's, it is <laughs> whiter than my high school graduation it's, class. It's it is white. brighter than my future. <laughs> Dude. Okay. Anyway, yeah. The yeah. like, like, yeah. I think it was. If you go into Legend of Korra, you know, it's the sea turtle, li- sea lion turtle. You know what I mean? Oh, you remember that? That's right. I guess he was the first bender ever. Yeah, huh? yeah. He gifted them bending. Yeah. See what I mean? Like, okay. One of the cool things about this show is it's really big on nature and the world around humans yes. and how they interconnect that. with one another. Yeah, the you know? spirit world and the and the and the yeah, the, yeah. the nature and everything like that. I think the original benders because we looked at it, looked it up last night. What was it? the air? Was the the air nomads for the air bison? Or the, yeah, the and then the fire was the dragons, of course. Uh, the earth water bending. was actually the moon spirit, like we said a second ago. Yeah, and then earth bending was the badger moles. Yep, and they're blind. Yeah, crazy? I know. That's Which how Toph learned. Of, oh, um, dude, that's why Toph is so like. So good at it. Yeah, cause because she learned, she learned straight the way from they the spirits. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude. See, it all ties together in such a weird way. <clears throat> Not I'll... weird, but like a perfect way, honestly. And and, and if you go like deep enough in the show, which there's a lot of depth to it, and that's what's good about having only three seasons, because there's a lot of things that you can kind of figure out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Every single incarnation of the Avatar, their biggest failure is picked up and satisfied by the next reincarnation. Okay, think about it like Avatar Roku's biggest failure was allowing the Fire Nation to get where it got. Yeah. Aang rises up and takes a care and, and you know, overthrows. Installs a new Fire Lord. Exactly, just exactly. and fair. And, and like where his failure was, he could not learn firebending. He could not, it, it took him forever to learn any of the elements, but he was very yeah. spiritually connected. Right. 
Then you yeah. go to Legend of Korra. And Which, it's is like, she it's the next diverse. incarnation? Is she after She Aang? is the next incarnation. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And her success picked up where Aang did not succeed. Like, he had trouble with uh, bending. And then she starts off in the show, like, doing everything except for airbending. But she's not spiritually connected. Mm-hmm. So it's like every incarnation. Like, I think one of the incarnations, it's like the, the water bending. It's like two or maybe three incarnations before... Uh, Aang, mm-hmm. he he wanted to be more fun, and he didn't want to like do his duties. And he shows him kind of like surfing around and not taking anything seriously. And then I think his wife and his like his village got oh, overthrown. Yeah. And so the next one was Avatar Roku, who was like completely serious, never you know playing around, and and like that damaged his relationship it, with Ozai. Right? Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Or was that Ozai? Yeah. Yeah. I get the names mixed no, up. No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Ozai. Yeah. And it's just so cool to see, like, the failures of the past reincarnation uh, satisfied through the next reincarnation. Like, picking up the pieces of that were broken. You know what else is cool, too? Okay, so obviously the Avatar, you know, it goes on forever. But they do have a weakness. If they are killed while in the Avatar state, it will stop the cycle of reincarnation. If that Mm. were ever to happen, they would be boneroni. (laughs) They would be... (laughs) Yes, they would. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's not really introduced until Legend of Korra. Yep. Which is worth the watch. Absolutely. In my opinion. I, it's good. You know, nothing will ever really touch the original, to, in my opinion. But it doesn't mean it's not good. And it goes into a lot of the lore and all that stuff. So, yeah, don't yeah. don't be afraid. Oh, don't yeah. be scared. I feel like, um, okay, so Avatar The Last Airbender, they had some romances, you know, like I mentioned, Sokka had a couple of girls, and then... Man, he had a lot of girls He actually him. did, yeah. Toph liked him, Suki liked him, the yeah. Moon Spirit liked him, uh, Ty Lee thought he was super cute. <laughs> I'm like, dang, bro. Sokka macked on all the ladies. Yeah, he had sure. no bending or but anything. But Aang, Aang and Katara, their relationship was beautiful. Oh, such a slow burn. And right now, I just want to say... Back to the cave love episode, we both agree they kissed in that cave. Okay? Oh, dude. You don't it see it, but she blushes at the end and that yeah. gives it away. But anyway, I feel like in Legend of Korra, they were almost more upfront about the whole interesting relationship dynamics. It wasn't just mm-hmm. traditional, like, boy meets girl falls in love mm-hmm. or something like that. It was, like, very complicated and messy. Yeah. And it made it you not human. like some of the main characters. It was more human, I feel like. Yeah. yeah Did you know at the. the uh, Okay, you were going to say it? Yeah, well, at Go the ahead. end, she it implies that she gets with, uh, what's her name? I can't remember Asami, her name. Asami, right I think? Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I thought that was kind of, I mean, it makes sense when you see it. You're kind of yeah. like, oh, I guess that makes sense. They're with each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. They both got screwed over by the same guy. <laughs> and, you know, they're not going to get with Bolin because, I mean. Bolin now, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> he, he's he, pretty funny. He got a little short end of the romance yeah. stick. Guy. Uh, especially when he was with that waterbender, that crazy girl. <laughs> oh my oh god. He's in a crazy relationship. I was like, I feel you. are my slave. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I going to say, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, they implied that they had a, you know, uh, LGBT relationship kind of thing at the end. And that was one of the first animated shows to really do that. It's true. It really did spark a lot of. Uh, fearlessness or like kind of like hey they're doing it maybe we can do it like cause you know then Adventure Time came along and then they made Marceline and Princess Bubblegum canon yeah and Steven Universe they were like hard on they don't even care they're like everyone's a lesbian in the show (laughs) every single person (laughs) yep Um, yeah and then I thought that was pretty dope you know they they 
opened up a whole world for that specific community. Yeah. And now... There's one thing I have to talk about, though, okay? Aside from the relationship stuff, which I love, but also I want to talk about the bending, okay? This is another little boopity-boop research shout-out. Okay. Uh, They actually hired a dude who... I mean, maybe it's rude to call him a dude. He was like a master of martial arts who practiced the harmonious fist, you know, way or something like that. His name was Sifu Kisu. And the guy, he's like <laughs> a real life Uncle Iroh, I swear. Like he's like a He has like a cane master. old man, but then like he'll bust out these crazy moves if you like watch YouTube videos of him. Oh, wow. And they like modeled the bending off these different uh, styles that he showed them. Oh, so bro, it would kind so of fit cool. with each element. Like water bending, it's very flowy movements, and right. that's based off of Tai Chi. So it's kind of like it's meant to go like water. Hmm. Earth bending is based off of this very like rooted stance where you kind of firmly plant yourself in place called Hungar. Oh, wow. Fire bending is uh, northern Shaolin, which is like a crazy snappy movement, so lots of jerking, wild movements. Hmm. And then uh, I think. Airbending is one called Bagua, which I don't know much about, but it's just, it's kind of like Aikido. Like, you go with the flow of your opponent's movements and stuff. Oh, so, so like, like countering, pairing, yeah. and stuff like that. So they got this guy to kind of show them all these different martial arts. Because Nickelodeon was like, we don't want blood, we don't want lots of punching each other and fist fighting. We don't want that. No. So they got creative, and they did the whole bending stuff, you know? Dude, I like how in-depth they went. They weren't, like, skipping out on anything. They were like, look, if we're going to do this thing, we're going to have it, like, we're going to have it done right. I love that. Dude, that show is so good. There's so much in it. And they work so hard on it, and that you can totally tell when you're watching it. Like, it oh, just yeah. makes you appreciate it so much more. Absolutely. What's, like, one part that makes you laugh, like, Every time you see it. Oh, man. Okay. It's it's kind of a running... One of those running jokes. Yeah. It always makes me laugh when Sokka <laughs> tells a bad joke. And then you just get a <laughs> single cough in the background. Yes! Just, <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh. Man. And then that, that line so where Aang... I can't remember what's happening, but Katara <laughs> is trying to make him laugh. And he's like, huh, I guess Sokka got the humor from the family, huh? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Those are two really funny moments. I don't know why, but this scene always makes me laugh as well. I've already named a few, but this one makes me laugh too. He's Sokka. It's always Sokka. He's like the humorist of the whole show. He's know? pretty funny, yeah. Uh, there's a scene where, well, obviously, oh, Toph and her blindness and them forgetting that she's blind is pretty funny as well. Because oh, yeah. they do that like all throughout the show. Dude. They're like. Let me write a letter and say it's from Katara and have Toph read it and then she'll it will make it seem like she's apologizing and then he does it and Katara's like, I know you wrote this. Toph is blind. She can't write. And, and there's like, another oh, scene God. where he's like, watch where you're going, Toph. And she's like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> How do you explain this? She shows a poster of her being one and she's like, well, it sounds like it's a piece of paper but you keep forgetting that I'm blind. <laughs> Uh, but there's another scene that's really kind of obscure, but for some reason it makes me laugh really hard. Uh, something is going on. I can't remember exactly what's going on, but Sokka is trying. He doesn't want to necessarily go on this investigation, but he's getting like enticed by Katara, and she says something about, along the lines of like, you know, you can buy like a uh, some sort of atlas, an expensive atlas. And for some reason, that's enough for him. And he just, I, I don't know, this one line made me laugh so hard. He says, 
I do love it. I do love expensive atlases. I don't know why that part <laughs> made me laugh so hard because it so makes no sense. There's like no ever. reason for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a justification. I do love expensive atlases. <laughs> I'm, I'm a man. The man loves his, you know, uh, what are they called? Geography. Meat and sarcasm. Cartography. <laughs> Golly, that episode's so funny. That's a good one, man. Uh, talk what about, about the characters? I was actually just going to say. Yeah. Yes. Uh, speaking of Toph being blind, they did a lot of good shout outs to people like overcoming different disabilities. Like, do you hmm. remember that guy? I think his name was Teo, and he in the was wheelchair? paraplegic. Yeah. Yes, and he created. Yes, he, he created, created his, his own, own flying wheelchair way. thing. They and do a lot Toph, of that stuff. Who's blind? Yeah. Uh, in Legend of Korra, there's a girl who's like one of the master uh, waterbenders. She's like a villain. She has no arms. Oh, really? And she uses oh, her shoot, like tentacles, water tentacles, uh, for her arms. Oh, pretty dope. Shoot, can we talk about the evolution of the bending too? Like Katara discovers blood bending through her water. Oh yeah, how each bending has like different forms too. Yeah. Because like earth bending, they they you know later on there's metal bending, which Toph uh-huh. discovers on her own and, and creates like, I guess a culture. Katara of that. learned blood bending from like a witch or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And the then Toph literally just discovered that on her own. Yeah. The metal bending. She was like trapped in a thing, and and she she had to get out, and so she did that. And then there's lava bending. Oh, really? Is that a form of firebending? That's a form like of the earth lightning? bending, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Bo- I didn't even Excuse remember me. that part. Bolin, yeah, he, he does it, and he's like, oh my god, I could do lava bending. That's cool. Uh, and then with fire, there's uh, lightning. Yep. That's a different variation. Air. Uh, I, don't I don't know what air I think, does. like, if you do become... they do cloud bending? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the villains in Legend of Korra like flies. I guess if you consider that one, like he completely huh. became untethered to the regular world. That's interesting. He can fly now. And then yeah, uh, water bending, blood bending, yeah. which is insane. How about um, so I'm thinking about. I know we kind of were getting off onto the bending again, but nice. I was thinking about the characters, and uh, I love Appa actually. Dude, I kind of love Appa. He's throughout the whole series. <laughs> he's the unsung hero, man. He's there from beginning to end. He's like the R2-D2 of Avatar. You know Dude, what I that's mean? a good He's point. actually there the whole time. The guy who voiced him, his name's uh, D. Bradley Baker. He did him and Momo. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And he did Klaus in American Ooh. Dad. Can you imagine your job being that? <laughs> he does like a ton of animals. He does Perry the Platypus and Phineas and Ferb. Oh my god! I'm like literally his voice acting career is just doing animals. Just animals and like <laughs> like eating sounds. He like eats cabbage. <laughs> and that's for the <laughs> and then angry roars. Because mm. <gasps> Momo's like. <laughs> I named my car. Uh, uh, Appa. Oh, uh, yeah. And I named my skateboard Momo because it's a smaller <laughs> vo- version of transportation. Someone who has a cat and they've named it Momo, send us a picture of this cat because I want to name my cat Momo. Yeah. It seems like such a good cat name. It's a good cat name. It is. It is. It is. I swear. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? You said Osaka, right? Probably Sokka for me, yeah. Why do you think... You, you said because, you know, he, he he's the humorist, obviously he carries a show without... Because he doesn't have bending, yeah. He's just, and I, he I relate his, to that his wit, idea. just his wit. Yeah, I don't know. He's good. He's cool. What about you? I feel like on a more personal, like serious level, I, I really, and I think everyone feels this way, probably. But Zuko, uh-huh. I feel like his story arc, like going from just 
totally stuck on one path because he feels like he has to do this to prove himself to the end where he's like totally on the good side realizing that he creates his own destiny yep and uh, all the, the family drama, I'm like, oh my god, I relate so well to that. <laughs> yeah, he's got uh, no shortage of family no, drama. No, not at all. Sure. And his story is so sad, but I feel like he's endured so much. And and, and I feel like, for me personally, I'm like, I, I, I totally relate to all that. Like, there's so much pain yeah. in learning the lessons that are necessary to grow as a human. And I feel like they just totally encapsulated that fact with his life. And I just feel like I relate to yeah. it a lot, you know? And he is he's familiar with failure, which is cool. Like yeah, they let throughout him fail. the entire show. <laughs> oh yeah. He fails and every fails time. too. I mean he does, honestly. Yeah. All of them fail at some point or another. And That's they have true. shortcomings. That is true. It's, it's very no human person. You know? Yeah. Uh, also Uncle Iroh, I strive to be him as an mm-hmm. uncle or a father figure. Oh, that'd be cool. What about Legend of Korra? You got a favorite character there? I kind of like Tenzin. Again. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I love Tenzin too. I love Tenzin too. You know, uh, okay, J.K. Simmons voices Tenzin. Yes! That guy? Oh, man. Yeah! <laughs> He's an amazing voice actor. Oh, we should do an episode on that. Invincible? Yes. Ooh, that would be a fun one to learn about. That yes. one is insane. That's a beautiful show, too. Uh, we're not doing just shows, by the way, viewers. We'll probably do video games, maybe books. Yeah, bands or something. Bands, yeah, People exactly. like that. But just for right now, we yeah. our first two we wanted to be Email about. us with suggestions. We'll do Definitely. it. Definitely. Please. Please, so Please, the one viewer. It's it's Amber. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wow, you guys. Do you want about Harry Potter? <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> Dang it, now I've got to read eight books. <laughs> or nine books or something. However <laughs> But yeah, Legend of Korra is good. I think my favorite character in that one's probably Tenzin as well. I also yeah. really like Bolin. He's pretty funny. Bolin. I like him. He's not as funny as Sokka, but he's you gotta have some fun. No! I know who my favorite character is. Varric. Oh, Dude, that guy is, is so smart. Uh, I, I, the funniest, funny. not that this episode's about that show specifically, but the, the funniest line in that whole show is from him. He, he, he like, comes back after being in jail and, like, betraying everyone to, yeah. the, to the Earth Kingdom. Yep. And they, they go, Varric, what are you doing here? And he said, good question. I mean, what are any of us doing here? Is this all some kind of sick joke? What is life, anyway? Hmm. Food for thought. Anyway, the reason I'm here is because, <laughs> like, for no reason, this goes off into this weird, like, existential crisis of life. It's yeah. So- Varric is funny. Oh, man, he's hilarious. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Like, Legend of Korra and Avatar both do this. Like, they dig into, like, serious topics. Like, you mentioned him betraying them to the Earth Kingdom. Like, Uh, they talk about terrorism. They talk about genocide of the air nomads. Like, whenever Aang goes back to the air temple and he sees that fire mask, the firebender mask, that was a touching moment. That's they talk core. about very, like, difficult Giving topics. Giving over to your anger, like, how many times he does that to try to go into how people will, like, push you to a point to get something out of you, like, when he has to, you know, go, when they're trying to force him to go in the Avatar state or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. And he ends up killing everyone or almost killing everyone. Yeah. And like, we don't want this. I'm like, Never mind. No more Avatar state. We're good. <laughs> Please. For the love of God. You're, like, you're lucky it wasn't Korra. Uh, <laughs> she yeah. would have destroyed all you. Loss. I mean, like, Oppo being lost, that oh, was tough. Yeah. And even like you know, death of people, loved ones, and stuff. They oh, like like tales of bossing say, you know, when when it's that whole episode dedicated to. Uh, oh, uh, is that where they have like the secret police and everything? No, no, this is Avatar: uh, Last Airbender. Where, oh, oh yeah, no, you're right. That's that's 
part of it, but the the tales of Bossing say it goes into each character like kind of their life right now and Bossing say what they're doing currently. Mm. And Sokka does like the poetry, the haiku or whatever, and like yeah. Zuko goes on that date randomly. But then it goes to uh, Uncle Iroh and he like is going throughout the city, kind of helping people out, and then he goes to the tree and starts crying over his lost son. Oh, oh yeah, brave soldier boy, come at me. Oh, I'm sitting there like. <laughs> <laughs> They oh, get you. They get shit. you, man. They don't hold back on the feels, bro. Yeah. Not at all. I think a lot of that does kind of tie, like, those big topics like, you know, totalitarianism, imperialism, like, genocide. I feel like that still kind of ties into the East Asia influence. Like, yeah. because they deal with a lot cultural, of those crazy yeah. things. You know? Like, being taken over by different dynasties. I'm sure that was a big part of it. And the firebenders are meant to be kind of like almost Japanese style in the way they're portrayed. Hmm. You know what's interesting? Uh, so, okay, I'm going to start kind of talking about the comics a little bit. Okay. Because we kind of went into Legend of Korra. I want to talk about the comics a bit. There's a few of them. There's three main ones. I think the writer's name was like Gene K, something like that. Somebody correct me on that. Please. <laughs> anyway, you it's can find it. John you know, Claude. No. John Claude <laughs> Van Damme, you know, the action star of the 80s. That guy that... Somehow. Is really irrelevant now? No, it's good. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, okay. In the comics, there's an interesting part where Zuko, he's become the Fire Lord, right? And him and Aang are trying to kind of fix everything that happened, like with the Hundred Years' War and all that. And right. he's trying to get all of the Fire Nation people to move, or all the Fire Nation colonists to move back into the Fire Nation proper. Get out of the Earth Kingdom, get out of everywhere else. Because that was like a big complaint of the other tribes, you know? Right, yeah. But then now, it's at the point where there's people who grew up in these other kingdoms. They married Earthbenders, even though they're Firebenders and stuff. They don't want to leave. And so he's kind of stuck in this difficult position where, like, people are going to be mad at him for leaving Fire Nation colonists out. Political. Or they're going to be mad at him for taking it in. And he has Aang promise him. He said, if I end up like my father, I want you to kill me. Because I never want to become like him. And he ends up having to deploy troops to forcibly get colonists back into the Fire Nation and stuff. And Aang's like, "Mm, I might have to kill him. But he doesn't. (laughs) They don't. They don't. What I love about that show... It's crazy. The comics, yeah, they, like you said, they they venture off into the the, the unanswered questions. Like, what happens next? You know, like, how does Zuko rule? Does Zuko ever find his mom? Because, like, at the end of the show, spoiler alert again, he goes into the jail after, you know, Lord Ozai uh, lost his... Bending, ben, uh, Aang took it away, you know? Mm-hmm. And he goes, Tell me, where is my mom? And then it just, it never goes back to that. And that's the last episode. And you're like, What? Yeah. And then Princess Azula ends up in like a mental institution or yes. something. She goes crazy. She goes insane because she go lost to Zuko. They go back to that. Zuko. They go back to that. That was an epic fight, too. There's a comic, uh, I think it's called The Promise. That's the one that goes into Zuko finding his mom. Dude, y'all, if, if you ever have seen the show and you've never read the comics, Read that one. Yeah. And it if you don't read so them, we're going to tell you about it right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, Zuko looks for his mom. And it turns out his mom actually, obviously, had to be banished because of poisoning, uh, I guess, Zuko's grandfather. So that Fire Lord Ozai could take his place. Mm. And all that betrayal and treachery that ended up her being banished. Because he didn't want to kill her. So they, he had to banish her. 
Yeah. Which is screwed up on so many levels. Like, you couldn't do it yourself? Come on now. Yeah. Uh, but she went to make a deal with that face-stealing spirit. You know, that spirit from yeah. the show? Yeah, that guy was creepy. Yes, terrifying. And uh, basically, she has all her memories erased. And basically, like, with that, she starts her new life. She, she uh, like, yeah. wishes to have her memories erased so she can start a new life. That's so painful, right? Can't exactly. Holding on to all that. And then I think uh, Zuko... And somehow Azula, too, I believe. Yeah. Go oh, Aang and Tara there, and, too. Yeah, everybody. They Probably Katara, yeah. Uh, they try to go find her, and they do find her somehow. I don't remember. the. It, it's a long story, but they find her, and she like in, ends up getting her memories back. I think Azula, if Amber was telling me, tries to kill her. Yeah. Which is so screwed up, That's man. messed up, man. That's Freaking messed up, mommy Azula. Issues. She's the crazy one. Azula crazy, girl. It's so good, man, <laughs> to get that story arc and to have it finished. So good. Definitely encouraged to read it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they talk about more, like, <clears throat> past incarnations of the Avatar and stuff like that, too. And they definitely dig more into the whole idea of, like, okay. So they talk about this in Legend of Korra a bit with the first Avatar ever created. But they dig into it in the comics mm-hmm. where the Avatar is connected to the spirit world, right? But the Avatar always sides with the humans. It always ends up siding with the humans. And... So there's some tension saying like, well, eventually you're going to destroy, there's going to be no place left for the spirits to mm. be in the human world. Mm. And so Aang has to kind of reconcile that of like, what is the Avatar's place? Like, how do we, do humans create and make change and foster things or do we destroy and dominate while we take over? And it kind of leaves it open-ended. Like yeah. they give you the happy ending, but it makes you think. Yeah, something to be said. In Even the, future, the most spiritual yeah. human in the world is still part of the problem. <laughs> and then I think in Legend of Korra, they try to bridge the gap and allow the spirits to roam freely on the earth, and yeah. that just causes a problem. So they have to send them all back. Doesn't she decide to leave that connection open, though, afterwards? I think there I think... is a one, like a portal sort of open for people to go into the spirit world, yeah. which I think that could cause problems, too. It probably does. That's probably her failure at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> But, we but that's know. how airbenders start coming back in the that's show. True. And like I can't remember, like third or fourth season or something like that. Yeah, towards the end. Yeah. Like, the air nomads kind of make a comeback. Yeah. You know what's funny? In the comics, um, Aang sees people start kind of like becoming his big fan club. And like they want to start practicing airbending. But he thinks they're kind of like denigrating the culture of his people. So he kind of looks down on them. He's like, ugh, these people are just fanboys and fangirls. I feel like okay, okay. Let's let's go into the age old question. Who do you think would win, Ang or Katara? Not Katara. Excuse me, Korra. Ang or Korra? Yeah. Ooh. ooh. I'll vote Ang because he was so ba just with his airbending. You know what I mean? He was good. Man, I'm just have to say. I think both characters fully realized it would be epic to see. First off, but I think Korra would win. I guess that's fair because she, she fought a way more villains than Aang did. She fought like the incarnation of this evil spirit. Yeah, it only happens like once every two thousand years or something. <laughs> she fought um, the first villain, the the fate, the mask guy, the cultist. Oh, Amon, he yes. could take people's bending away, yeah. which only Aang could do that. So it was like, whoa, but what's going on right now? It turns out it was a deep water bending technique, which is yeah. crazy. And then she fought um, that the flying dude, and then she fought the earth bending. Whatever her name was, crazy one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she fought way lady. more b- hardcore villains. I guess probably 
According to the show, she would. But I just like she was like traumatized from what happened with the earthbending lady. That was yeah. crazy. That's another thing. What you were saying earlier about how it goes into t- tough subjects. It goes into trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, like she oh, yeah. couldn't access parts of her, you know, bending and stuff, and she couldn't like win fights because of the she trauma. Was so PTSD was yeah. Yeah. I think that was very Shell interesting. Shot. That was really cool. That was really hit cool. The spot. Yeah. I hit the G spot. <laughs> <laughs> the good spot. The good, the good spot. Good. Yeah, I like PTSD. That's great. I love it. Yeah. No, wait. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> wait a second now. No. Okay. I'll tell you another thing. I really appreciate about what they did with the show. Aang had a very big conflict because he thought I'm gonna have to kill the Fire Lord probably. You know, yeah. doing this whole thing. But they they get out of it. And he Even takes all the incarnations were like, "Yeah, you gotta do this, man." I know. They're yeah. like, "Yeah, you should probably murder." Him, Even the honestly. air nomad was like. Yes, no. You need to kill him. Trust me. I know. Zuko was like, yeah, for our sure. Our life kill him. was devoted to peace, but you got to kill that brother. <laughs> I mean, he did kill all the air nomads, so. Yeah, it's yeah. only fair. Oh, another question. Well, this is kind of a side note, but I know many people have the burning question of how the heck did the air bisons come back in Legend of Korra? I did uh, a little bit of my boopity boop boop research and I figured it out. <laughs> my antenna. They were up and running. Oh it's snowing hard today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can see it through the window. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work out. But we'll worry about that later. Well, okay. luckily tomorrow is MLK Day. That's true. Yeah. So, so we you, get you anyway. have tomorrow off, Lucky. Uh, so the Air Bison, they came back because it turns out Aang found a small herd of them that had been kind of uh, taken care of by this island on the fire nation called bonti these like small fire nation people were raising these air bison so he like i probably he probably introduced appa to him and then he like took him back to the air nomad temples and like raised them and they banged and then reproduced and they did the bison bang the bison (laughs) the bison sideways dance yeah (laughs) i love it another funny note on, on that show it's I love when Aang gets into the Fire Kingdom and he, like, dresses as a student, you know? Oh, yeah. And he throws a dance party and everyone's just like, I don't know what this dancing is, but yeah. I don't think I like it. Because they're completely so indoctrinated funny. in the Fire Nation way. Yeah, it's so... It's nope. like North Korea over there. It's, like, scary. That's what I'm saying. What I mean? that like, you see the Asia influence throughout. Yeah. Even the music. They use weird instruments that are not, like, traditionally heard in Western music. Right. So it catches your ear. They use like okay, I didn't even know what these instruments were. The mandolin were. or whatever. They use one called a duduk, a pipa, and a gooseng. I don't even know what those are. A I had a YouTube thing. They, they put a gooseng in it. <laughs> how do they do that? Dude, yeah, that yeah. very. I like how they stuck to that culture. Mm-hmm. You know, because like Legend of Korra, you could tell the culture changed a little bit because they now they've got guns and like electronics yeah. and stuff like that. It's more is, industrial, right? And one thing I noticed about that that's interesting is the fire bending like technique is more brawler, like robust type of fighting. Like you know, it's like punching like haymakers, yeah. but then you've got the Avatar Last Airbender where everything's like fluid and like more of an art rather than just. Mm-hmm. You know, pulverizing people. There's something to be said. I mean, culture changed. Some would say it lost its way from that tradition, but it's really just evolving with the times. So Bro, they change it you up. want to know something else I, I, I forgot to mention earlier? Just going along with the depth of the show. So, you know, the avatars typically lived for a long time. Hundreds of years. Yeah, right. 
Aang only lived not even to a hundred because he stayed in the ice for like over a hundred years. years. Yeah, he's only like a hundred and fourteen years old. He wasn't that old. Exactly, he stayed in the Avatar <laughs> state, and so when he came out, like he had gone through his aging process. Yeah. By being stuck. Weird to think. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's like ah. Oh, yeah. Man, it's a great show. Yeah. So, uh, okay, we're going to kind of wrap things up here. We're getting towards the end. So, suggestions, guys. If you've seen Avatar The Last Airbender, if you've seen Legend of Korra, read the comics. I think there's The Promise is the one where Zuko finds his mom. Yeah, I think there's so. There's one called The Search, which is the one where I was talking about um, Aang kind of has to face facts of humans kind of leaving. How do they work with the spirit world? There's a, another one as well. I can't remember the name of the first one, but anyway, they're yeah, there. They're really You'll good. find them. They're really good. They're worth reading, I think. Yeah. What kind of shows do you think would work in for someone who's a fan of Avatar? What kind of shows should they go for? Oh, other than Avatar? Yeah, yeah. Like, if they were, you know, wanting someone in the same vein. Whatever you do, don't watch the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Don't, don't, don't watch, watch that. that movie. <laughs> don't watch that one, You that's will sure. regret it. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Man, that's a good question. Yeah, I had to kind of think about it. Like, what would be a good one? Uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars. You know what? Actually, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's fighting. It's, you know, mystical. Kind yeah, of the same it's got vein. some spiritual elements feel like to it. It, it, it uh, starts off kiddish, but gets pretty heavy very quickly. Yeah, which yeah, we love. for sure. Uh, let's see. If they've never seen, uh, there's one, a show called on, on Netflix called She-Ra. Which kind of starts I've the same way. That. It subverts you. you. You think it's all kiddish and normal, and then, like, it gets real. It's cool. It's a pretty huh. fun one. Uh, Spongebob? Yeah, that's actually like, a no, 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 show. No, no. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Avatar, but <laughs> it's from Nickelodeon. It's fine. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I think, yeah, the, just the ones I mentioned are, are good. Honestly, though, Avatar is the way to go. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen it and you're watching this and you're kind of like, oh, maybe I'll give it a try. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to find shows that really kind of match up to it. Like, even She-Ra, it's not really related to... Asiatic culture or martial arts. No, yeah, Ooh, it's beautiful. You know what, though? Have you seen Cobra Kai? I have not. That's a show but that kind of really is in the same vein. It's not an, It's not a cartoon. It's a live action, but it is really good. I don't know. I, I'll have to give it a try. I know I've heard a lot of people say it's really good. There's so much merch anytime I go to any kind of, like, box launch oh, or I anime know. store, but I've never personally watched an episode, but I've heard, like, nothing but good about it, I guess. Yeah. It's a great show. That Demon Slayer, oh, that's a dude, really good one bro. for sure. Demon Slayer, we gotta do an episode like, on that. That is such a good show. Yeah, and My Hero Academia is so good. Yeah, we're not gonna do just shows, but there's so many good shows to talk about. You know, we're definitely gonna do a lot of shows. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in, people. Uh, wish me luck driving home through the snowstorm, even if it's in the future. I appreciate the good luck, good yeah. wishes. <laughs> and and if you've never seen it, or perhaps it's been a long time since you've seen it, I hope that this video or this this uh, you know our voices have encouraged you to watch it again or, or give it a try because I genuinely, not just saying this because I'm a fan of it because I actually hated it when I first watched it, mm-hmm. but as I watched it, it it it's an amazing movie. It takes you on an emotional journey. It's full of laughs, full of moving moments, full of really good action, and uh, ultimately it's very inspiring. I think uh, there's there's a lot of good uh, life lessons in the show, mm-hmm. and for me, I love shows that can kind of motivate you to do better, whether oh, yeah. it's to be more active, whether it's to be more kind, whether it's to this or that. I think the show, for me, at the end of it, it made me want to be a better person in the sense of being more kind, 
because more the avatar right? yeah well the, the avatar is like the bridge between the spirit and the people and like his whole life purpose is to care for the people and also the spirits you know and for me it's like I, I left leaving that show like I want to be more of a person that cares about humankind humanity and yeah uh, you know it's a good family show too it's not like it hyper violent or crazy it kind of breaches those sensitive subjects in a good way and it's yeah. not insanely long three seasons boom done yeah Okay. The last thing I'm going to say is uh, the Manhattan. We got to rate it, okay, on a scale of 10. All right, what do you got? I'm going to rate it a. I'll say 5 out of 10. That's exactly what I'm going to say. I'm not a whiskey drinker, and I don't really drink things that are like insanely stiff, but it, it, as far as whiskey goes, it was probably one of the better whiskey cocktails I've Mm -hmm. ever had. Yeah, I so, agree. Yeah. Same thing. If you grew up drinking whiskey, I'm sure you'd love it. But for me, yeah. Absolutely, five out of yeah. If you get a good whiskey, too, I bet it would be pretty tasty. I just, I, I've always wanted, I'm, I'm just glad we're trying all these classic cocktails that we've never had before. Yeah. To yeah, see if it cool. really lives up to the hype. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. But yeah, five out of ten. Not bad. All right. Well, I'm Patrick. And I am Scout. And you've just witnessed the happy hour power.